0: And thank you so much for tuning in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Nutrition with Rebecca podcast. Now, today is a phenomenal episode, and it's going to be so good for all of you. I'm joined by one of my awesome clients, Katie. Um, Katie's been with me since early summer, and the progress that she has done has been absolutely incredible and her journey I'm sure will resonate with so many of you and the changes she have made along her pro along her journey has it's non-quantifiable so we were just having this conversation before we started in that Katie hasn't really lost any scale weight but initially came to me for fat loss but has been on a greater journey than fat loss. And like I said, I think it will resonate with so many of you and help so many of you as well. So, Katie, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? i <laughs> not really, i not much to say, but um, so
1: I, I'm Katie. <laughs> and I'm 20 years old and currently still living at home with my mum and my dad, living a little happy life <laughs> where everything's done for me. Um, full-time
0: employees straight out of kind of college into employment um and yeah can't really there's not a huge amount really to say about myself but it's just more kind of I think yeah I'm just Casey really it. it's not it's not a huge amount <laughs> she's an absolute weapon um yeah. and you're in recruitment no I moved out of that I'm in sales and finance now that's what you are now you were in I'm recruitment <laughs> And then moved out of recruitment because you built all of this confidence within you. (laughs) Yeah, only just moved into them, but yeah. So, still living with your parents at home? Great. Like, stay there as long as possible, Katie, honestly. Adulting, not fun outside. (laughs) Oh, God.
1: Yeah, I came in this morning, the washing was all done ironing on the bed. So, put it away.
0: (laughs) Stop it. Stop (laughs) it. Can't complain. Can't complain. (laughs) So being, um, you were Gen Z, we had this last week, didn't we? I'm sure you're Mm a Gen Z, aren't you? So talk about like the, talk about like the era you grew up in. So like, what were you exposed to on social media? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, what were your thoughts around like health, should we say? I think like a lot of people, my perception
1: of of health was how much you weighed, how thin you were and what clothes size you were and how... You looked on pictures and how you looked on camera. Um, I've, I'm five foot eleven. I'm a tall girl. I, you know, I come from a tall family, so when I was younger, I felt automatically that I stuck out, but stuck out for the reasons that I didn't like. I didn't like being tall, but now I express it more. Um, and you're exposed on social media. My mum and dad didn't let me really go on social media until I was at secondary school so I was quite kind of protected until I wanted to kind of be on Facebook and be on Instagram um and I managed to actually join Instagram before it blew up into what it is now um but magazines and things like that TV that special k advert in that red flipping swimming costume was it Kellogg? I can't remember special but k just, it was special yeah, k it's, I remember that visibly on the telly and it's just what health is isn't what health was and how I perceived it Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was never happy with the way that I looked in the era that I grew up in because I grew up in the era that Kylie Jenner and Kendall Jenner was all kind of growing up as well and I got to see them, who they are now and things. Um, But yeah, that, that's the perception that it was, it was how much you weighed, you had to be the smallest, how pretty you were. That to me was what a healthy and good lifestyle should be and
0: was. So it was all like external. There was a lot of perhaps like self-worth linked to your body image, a lot of acceptance maybe mm-hmm. to your body image. Oh, God, yeah. When I was at
1: secondary school, um, I just felt like I stuck out. All my friends were quiet. The T I was I naturally, mean, I just felt like I had everything bigger. I felt like I, had, I was taller. I felt like I was bigger structured. I had a, it sounds, even like down to like the size of my head and things like that, It. I just felt like I stuck out For because I wasn't healthy, but actually, I was very healthy, it's just my perception of what health was.
0: So, when you're saying then you felt that you stuck out and you felt bigger than all of your Mm -hmm. peers and your friends, was there anything you tried to do to like change that? Odd things, um, in secondary
1: school before I kind of went on to my Big weight loss, which I'm sure that we'll kind of touch on. A um, little kind of not fad diets, but I cut back what I was eating, lose a few pounds, you lose that. But I never, it was never anything, anything that I stuck to. It was kind of here or there. But naturally, I was, yeah, I, I didn't
0: make any drastic changes really. But but you'd say like, yeah, sorry, carry on.
1: No, that's okay, and thankfully, thankfully, I didn't. I wasn't introduced to all the fad diets at a really, really young age. No
0: which is amazing, like the mm-hmm. environment you grew up in with your parents, they very much protected you. But we'd mm-hmm. say like your issues perhaps with food maybe started from your association with your body image when you was growing mm-hmm. up. And mm-hmm. then that led into nutrition and exercise behaviors. And do you want to go through that into some detail? Yeah, so when I
1: was just after my secondary school prom, I was back to college, I had that really long summer where, you know, you don't really do anything. Um, and I thought, I'm just going to do some weight. I had a holiday coming in, in, you know, just over a year or so. I thought, it's going to be the first holiday. I'm going to wear a bikini and my legs aren't going to rub together. I'm not going to have any chafing because it ruins my, my holiday. So I'm not going to do it. Um, I heard this thing called keto diet. I thought, oh, it's amazing. So I tried it. I was weighing myself. The weight obviously just drops off you because it's just, you just lose water weight after water weight and then your body just, just loses fat. Deplete. And I was losing weight. Yeah, yeah, literally, <laughs> um, Um I was just losing weight and I thought like, this is amazing. I'm gonna fix it. I wanna just see how far I'll go. So I did it and I did it from about September to March time. So it's a great, plot to my birthday, fab. Um, did it till about May and then I introduced a bit of rice sweet potato because I didn't think that was a form of carbohydrate. That's how uneducated I was. Um thought that was all right, thought a sweet potato is better than a white potato when it came to keto. <laughs> um but I went on holiday, I was in a bikini, my legs didn't put together, I thought, oh well I've done it now. I've, I've lived a life and I've lived that kind of that I've lived that weight loss, should I say, um that I wanted to, I wanted to get in that bikini. Goal tip. Wanted my legs not rub together. Gold tip. felt amazing. Felt confident. Liked the way I looked. Um, but my mum and dad were constantly on at me. Katie, hey, you need to have something more substantial. You need to be eating more. But I was at that age where I was 16, 17. Had my own voice. Thought I knew better. No, I don't. I'm fine. I'm losing weight. That, that was my focus. I wanted to lose weight. Lose weight. And I felt great. And I did kind of cut off the keto really until the end of the year but I wasn't living a I wasn't living a good life I was living it was the most restricted I ever felt in my life didn't have a social life lost well I don't know if it was a reason but throughout that I lost my period I was just pale I was just skin and bone no muscle to me, just no life dark under my eyes and you know people say to me people too thin too thin But I've always wanted to be fair, so
0: I didn't see that as a bad thing. Yeah. And it's one of those, like you got a gold tick, as you said, in your words for going away, being bikini, your legs not rubbing together. And whilst you got what you wanted to, the feeling within you, deep within Katie now on reflection, like in that moment. And I'm sure we've had this conversation before. You celebrating that having a period. Oh, this is all right. I can deal with mm-hmm. it. It's like, well, I'm not having my, my cycle. But actually deep mm-hmm. within you now, upon reflecting on that time, you said you had no social life. It, you didn't align to your other values like connection. And do you think the association with your body image and like getting your gold tick then played into like restricted behaviours with nutrition going forward and a lot of difficulties with your food relationship? absolutely it was the
1: it was during that time although I felt more confident in myself I was probably felt the most alone that I'd ever felt really because it was just me and this one goal no one else really knew about this goal it wasn't any it wasn't a goal that anyone could cheer me on for because who really cheers anyone on for really weight loss unless they do it in a way that they can live their life and I wasn't living my life I thought I was just eating away at myself and literally just learning all these bad habits of what I thought was right when it was the absolute complete opposite to what I should have been doing it was all down to poor education Um one thing I forgot to say previously is when I was at secondary school a lot of my friends and things were getting quite a lot of attention from boys and things I wasn't and I thought well that's another reason because you're fat Katie you need to lose weight so I lost weight and did it really give me any more male attention? No, not really, but again, it was a goal that I wanted to get, a silly goal because I wasn't doing it
0: for me. I was doing it for other people, for validation of other people. For acceptance. And, and we mm-hmm. chat about like the self-objectification theory and the body image and the society in which women have grown up in massively. We're taught we should be smaller. We're taught that we should fit this societal norm and that we should show up a certain way we should look a certain way and that that's when we're accepted that's when we seek um like that's when our self worth is increased and actually like you've just said then it drives you so far away like from your mind and your body you're completely disconnected Mm -hmm. and you're doing things with very much a narrow mindset should we say Mm -hmm. like you were very fixated on your goal nobody else mattered nothing else mattered all that mattered was your body shape and size and it has actually whilst you felt confident that you're in in the body should we say then Mm-hmm. i think katie now if we put katie in that body having worked on your mindset you would feel such an amount of disconnect and that, mm-hmm. that confidence wouldn't come So, mm-hmm. when we first started when you reached out to me mm-hmm. there was a lot of um disorder should we say in terms of your nutrition behaviors mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah definitely but, it, was, it was poor education
0: just yeah
1: the lack of tips and tricks that i thought were right that was just very wrong, very wrong.
0: And um, um it, there was a lot of restriction in the week, um, overeating at the weekend. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go out at the weekend, overeat on a Sunday because it was a Sunday, then think, oh no, I've messed up again, so let's restrict in the week and then
0: go again and then do it again and again and again. And there was um a lot of should we say food rules, red flags? Only eat uncertain food on certain days. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Only going to see your friends on certain days, like isolating yourself from going out with your friends, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and a lot of fear around food.
1: Yeah, I used to. I used to think about going out at the weekends and think, oh, you know, I'm going to be. It just come. I just come out of lockdown, so I I turned eighteen in lockdown. The so fact that like there's a lot of making up to do, which I still do now. I still feel kind of eighteen. Absolutely. Now. <laughs> um, but I, I did feel like. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I actually want to go out, but I think that I should. Um, and yeah, the, it, it's quite the same, but I, I don't know, sometimes perhaps I should push myself to go out. I didn't, I was drinking this, I was drinking that. And then it was like, oh, like, you know, I've, I've got to eat clean in the week for me to balance it out with eating bad at the weekend. And like I said, I, I would never drink in a week, but I'd drink in the weekend not a binge drinker but you know yeah it, it, I felt like I had to really balance it out yeah, to yeah, make, it, make it
0: okay I guess yeah I'll never forget the time we spoke about having a pizza on a Wednesday and not a Sunday mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah. so after just rewind sorry a little bit after mm-hmm. you finished the keto and stuff you mm-hmm. got to more of a healthy weight because then there was a few years between that before you reached out to me yeah there
1: was I went into the kind of the cycle that everyone pretty much does when they go into keto, when they go from keto, it's you go into like say of like binging again because because it's like everything that I wasn't allowing myself to eat biscuits, chocolate cakes, everything, bread, pasta, rice, I just eat it. Then I got to a point where I realized I actually didn't really like the way that I looked anymore. So then I signed up this plan where they advised you to eat fourteen hundred calories. I thought, oh, I've got a diet here where I can eat. Bread, I can eat chocolate, I can eat crisps and still lose weight. Katie thinking that she's doctor, professor, whatever, thought I'll drop down to 1200 calories because oh, I just wanted to lose weight quicker again. Got to a physique, which I actually did, looked better than, looked healthier, but still, it, I I was not feeling my body enough. So 1200 calories is not enough for anyone, especially me who was at a point of being very hormonal exercising still 5 foot 11 it just was still very very wrong but I felt like because I have incorporating more food groups
0: I thought oh I like this it. is fine so then that ended in another spiral of yeah. binging
1: <laughs> yeah and then I went back to the whole eating good in the week and then well eating good I should that restricting myself in the week and then binging again the weekend and then that's where I kind of thought you know I don't I'm not I don't like the way not only do I not feel comfortable in the way that I kind of feel um I just don't think I'm getting a lot again out of of life really
0: yeah so when we first started working together you had some limiting beliefs within you and I think one of them and especially was um like eating more in the week Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very much like a, it became a self-fulfilling prophecy didn't it it was like well no because I, if I eat more in the week I, I overeat all the week at weekend anyway so I need to restrict in the week mm-hmm. and it was it was something that we had really had to break down wasn't it
1: yeah. yeah so you
0: had to break down that barrier to then eat a little bit more in the week and sort of build that trust back with yourself yeah
1: definitely I felt like I couldn't control it gone completely and that's why I think that I've reached out to you because I wanted to I wanted someone else to have the control for me I didn't almost trust myself with the
0: control no absolutely and initially when we first started working together you were you wanted fat loss
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: but we haven't done fat loss
1: no we didn't no we (laughs) went into the more body composition type I didn't like the way that my body I'm going to say look because I think that does play a part in how you feel and how, you know, when you start something. And and also I I didn't feel that because I'd had restricted eating before and I probably could say a little bit of disordered eating as well, I didn't think that I could say to anyone that I wanted to lose weight because they'd automatically think, well, you're really vulnerable so you could spiral out of control here. So we're never going to lose weight. You're kind of stuck with what what you've got really.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those, isn't it, like... You can be it, it, you can be dictated to too often, like, well, no, you can't lose weight because you've got a disordered relationship with food and a disordered mm-hmm. relationship with your with yourself, and you're suffering with some like body image dysmorphia. Yeah. And when somebody says that to you, and it's a dictating,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're sort of saying to you that you can't ever change, mm-hmm. and then that can instill some of that shame, that can instill mm-hmm. some of the like failure mindset. And that's never, ever going to serve you long-term, whereas we had a really honest and open chat. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned you wanted fat loss. Mm -hmm. And you can absolutely achieve fat loss. But first, it's being honest and doing the groundwork first. So when I first said to you, yeah, but let's work on maintenance first, what were your initial thoughts?
1: (laughs) You weren't my best friend. (laughs) 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 That's a bit that old. Okay. But I, you know, I wanted to I wanted to trust the process. I wanted to trust it. so I did it. and now looking back, I'm so glad that I did it because I don't think we would have got off on the right foot if I think I would have approached that loss.
0: No, and it's that, isn't it? So. like it's looking, it's sitting with the mirror sitting with the mirror in front of you and being like, how do you want to feel in two years time? How do you want to feel in five years time? Mm -hmm. And if I was to put you in another fat loss phase, you are sort of mimicking keto, mimicking the 1400 plan, because the mechanism behind fat loss is reduce your energy intake. Don't matter if you're doing keto, special K, whatever, you're still reducing your energy intake. But the difference that none of these plans took into consideration with you, Katie was human behavior. Like mm-hmm. why you were doing things you were doing the limiting beliefs you had the fear around food the isolation from um going out socially the preoccupation mm-hmm. with food and the food focus and then we had the constant like focus on healthy food on protein and so talk to us about like the biggest challenges that you've probably that you've overcome since we've mm-hmm. been working on your relationship with food which has been like what six seven months now
1: yeah, so when I first started with you, I kind of briefly touched on what you said just then. I knew what I wanted to hear, but I didn't know what I needed to hear almost. I wanted you to turn around and be like, right, we're going to put you in fat loss phase, we're going to do this at the gym, we're going to be able to, you're going to be able to run this, you're going to be able to do that. And realistically, yeah, I, could, I would be like, yeah, that's amazing, let's, let's go for it now. But really, that's not what I needed to hear. I needed to bring myself back to, healing Katie and healing me before I can approach anything like that um the biggest challenge I think was one handing the control over to someone else because you always think that you're right when it comes I mean I always well I think I think I'm always right but you just think you know what right. <laughs> because you've done it before and you know it works it's just what you almost want someone just to be like that's okay go and do it but actually it's not so handing the control over to someone else did panic me a little bit um I think I genuinely think that was the biggest challenge for me handing it over to someone
0: else yeah absolutely I fully hear you and fully support that because it's building that trust from the outset isn't it And Mm -hmm. like you said, trusting the process, but leaning into that area of vulnerability and being courageous with yourself and stepping out of what people call a comfort zone. But I, I feel sometimes it can be a misery zone because actually Mm -hmm. whilst you on a couple of occasions got to a body composition that you quote unquote felt confident in Mm -hmm. the psychological relationship you had with your body image then was so poor and sometimes it takes a little bit of realisation to perhaps understand how that's maybe impacting like your results and you long term. Mm-hmm. So a couple of things that spring to mind that you have really overcome in healing your relationship with yourself and with your food is going to Barcelona, going to London, yeah. um, mm-hmm. spending Christmas like mm-hmm. Baking your mum's cake. Talk to us about your mum's cake. Oh no, not that Oh no, I, bit. Oh, <laughs> no, I would like, never forget about <laughs> that bit. It was amazing.
1: So I've always been from a young age. I've always been a massive like baker. I loved baking. Always enjoyed it. Doing it with my granddad. Doing it with my auntie. All oh, just it brings. It brought me so much kind of joy and happiness baking. And when I then lost, went on that like, restrictive kind of weight loss path, it was. I thought I can't have cake, Kind of stopped myself from baking because I felt like I couldn't have it. Then through lockdown, I was baking a lot. I was never eating what I was baking because I did one X. I didn't know the calories. Two, I just thought, well, don't don't really see the point in having it. And three, just because of the thought is and then an, not a great thing to eat. Um, and then it was one of them days. Was it it's September? So it was only a couple of months that we've kind of been kind of working together and I've on my a birthday cake she's gone away she came home i surprised surprised with it and it was an approach where it was you know you introduced me saying okay do you actually want the cake or are you having it because of xyz and I thought, this, I thought no I'm having it because it's my mom's birthday I've made the cake and in reality one day out of a week even not a month a week is nothing compared to what you're making it out to be. So I had the cake, I didn't over with it, I didn't have a massive wad of cake, had a slice, and felt satisfied because I knew then, if I didn't have had the cake, I would've probably, over. I would've probably wanted over-consuming chocolate the night before because of that restrictive mentality.
0: Yeah. And it was, you were very present in the moment, weren't you? You were just anchored yeah. and you, and you recognized that that moment, like you just said, then was more than just the food. Mm-hmm. My mum was shocked that I was having some. She, she only got, was it? I think she only got three plates out because my and uncle came back.
1: She only got three plates out. out. And she, when she kind of cut herself the last bit, I was like, I'm actually going to have some. She was like, she was like and that was almost like, yeah, I actually am. And I think that almost kind of shows to her as well that, you know, that I'm taking control of it now. No more, no more restrictive Katie. And you went away to London with your mum as well, didn't you? Yeah, and your trip. Um, where I've done it before, where I was restrictive and was eating, because so I didn't want to eat because I thought it was the healthiest way. But this year I went and probably even, I mean, my mum is like, I don't say she's my best friend because of a difference, but I really, really value her perception on things. And before, she was really unsure whether she was going to go to London with me because the last time that we went, I was very, I wasn't very present. My mum was occupied by everything but being with her and being in London. And this year, I kind of sent to her a bit of self self evaluation. So what was it like this time? She went like completely different. You were just there talkative more. you were
0: just and I knew that I was and yeah, it just if you make me emotional, but yeah no, honestly it makes me emotional <laughs> as well and then I' never for... I've never rec... I'll never forget you sent me a picture when you was in. Saying... I'm sure it was Barcelona, it was Barcelona, wasn't it? Yeah. you had a pizza and you yeah. were mindful with the pizza and instead of feeling you needed to eat all the pizza you honored your hunger you ate to fullness and you really enjoyed mm-hmm. it and you was like this is my pizza and I yeah. saved I didn't eat this little bit because I'm actually full and I'm really happy yeah because I've come from a family where if you don't eat what I
1: think a lot of people can resonate if you don't eat what's on your plate then you're not having like well for me, like dog or something after dinner, or you're not having a pudding, and it, I don't see any fault in my parents. In my parents were doing that, and I know a lot of that was just you know because otherwise like, kids. It's just a message, people, isn't it? Because, that we've grown yeah, it. exactly. But actually, it's actually okay to sit if you're too full. Okay, okay, don't worry too much about the food waste because my dad would eat or the dog would eat or some not going to go to waste, but you just have to I just learned that if I knew that I had a couple more bites I would have gone past being full to really uncomfortable
0: yeah you have that boundary now where you don't fear saying no and you know that actually you can make a decision that is so true to you Mm -hmm. so when we first started working together Mm -hmm. we used tracking we used MyFitnessPal because you really like MyFitnessPal and you Mm -hmm. like to see that and I think it was a way of instilling greater flexibility for you and greater amount of awareness of sort of the the sort of energy content within certain foods Mm -hmm. however through that process we then started to use Katie and Katie's internal trust within herself so you, (laughs) you spent weekends not checking, and how did they feel
1: I remember when you messaged me saying I'm safety won't you check in I want to see if you can do this approach this weekend I was walking to work and I remember thinking
0: oh you think drop it in on like a Friday afternoon yeah, or
1: <laughs> and I was like oh my god let's do it tomorrow how do you feel about it I was like oh my god I don't I know what weekends have bought me before when I wasn't tracking because I used to do Monday to Friday tracking the weekends, I'd just go all out and I was like, oh no. And then you're like, let's we're just gonna take pictures. We're gonna take pictures of what you're eating. And I think if it wasn't pictures, though there could have been a chance where I could have gone back to over consuming. But it all the pictures almost kind of give you realization of how much and how little you're eating, but without yeah. seeing it as a number. Yeah. I knew absolutely. what I had I knew what I was having breakfast before and um, yeah when you begin to do it you think oh well I know how many calories in my breakfast I'm gonna have that and yeah you, you know you hold your hands and that's naturally you're gonna think like that but then actually you realize that one night I had with my friends didn't see that as an issue I had this for my dinner didn't see it as an issue I had a sandwich with actual proper butter and didn't weigh it didn't put mayo in it I didn't realize it and yeah,
0: it was just, um, yeah, At first I thought, oh, my God, this wants me to fail by doing this, but then actually it's opened so many doors by doing that. It was pretty freeing for you, wasn't it? And Yeah. you, I will never forget when you said that you used to seek, like, a validation from my fitness pal to eat an apple and you would yeah. track your apple before you oh ate your God, apple. yeah. But you yeah. were going out with your friends and enjoying food. Yeah. And just taking that picture just brings your conscious... Awareness to actually what you're doing, and and all it's just a it's just a tool that we use. so It just helps you see, and then because you were so consciously aware of it, the quality of your food over the weekend, you were eating so much color, you eating protein mm-hmm. with everything, and mm-hmm. I think it's that that instilled so much confidence in yourself, and you started then to lean into, well, these healthy choices are actually really making me feel good. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Hundred percent. Like like I said about the tracking. I've had times before where I've been out with my friends and I've had to track this and there's that awkward bit where I'm scanning the barcode and they're kind of looking at me like why aren't you talking but I had to prioritize putting that in my fitness pal before I could eat it before I could engage in anything else I had to track it because I couldn't go over I couldn't but then I had that it sounds because the apple was it was was weird apple but it was I was just sat in my car I had the apple and I don't know, the apple turned into a really big conversation, but before
0: it would have been just the apple. It was yes. a lot more. There's a lot more than just the apple in the situation. You did. you? I remember, I'll never forget when you messaged me, like how transformative those sort of moments were for you and mm-hmm. that, And again, that wouldn't have come had we began fat loss at the beginning. We had to work through all of these. And it's it's one of those, isn't it? Like it does tarnish your ego to begin with when I'm like, okay, there's quite a lot of food rules, quite a lot of food restriction here. Mm -hmm. Let's work below the surface to Mm -hmm. really get to the nitty gritty, to align your mind and your body, to then go forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you had some... Obviously, um scarcity around going out. So, how many times did you think you went out when when we were working together? What like if when I was when if in a restricted manner when I was kind of
1: living. Oh no, when weekend. we started to work.
0: Yeah, how how often? How many times a weekend did you go out? Oh, like yeah, I was going out like a lot. I was just living. I was
1: just. I was. I was going out a lot, but then I went through a phase where I wasn't going out a lot. And I it's almost like, why am I going out here and I'm not going out here? Was it because I felt I could then felt guilty then? I wasn't it was funny because going out with my friends at weekend didn't bother me, but going out for a birthday meal on Wednesday bothered me. Yeah. And now what bothers you about going out? Nothing. Probably getting, getting caught in rain or something like that. Or my hair not going right
0: or something like that. And you literally went out pretty much every weekend, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, and I thought
1: to myself,
0: I'm 20. I need you. And there was... We really worked through those limiting beliefs around, like, your worthiness of going out and what you needed to do around your meals mm-hmm. out. And you went to Bottomless Brunch at Turtle Bay, worked through mm-hmm. that. And... Yeah you even work through this limited beliefs. so like I'm going out so I need to come home and start eating it was like you were giving yourself permission to eat the minute you came in yeah and I'll never forget when you messaged me like oh yeah by the way I don't eat I don't <laughs> anymore it's great just the part <laughs> of juice and I'm away <laughs> yeah and I think it, again it's less quantifiable than like the scale weight changing but all of this work you have done on your mindset how would you if you could sum it up, how would you say it has been like the last seven months?
1: Oh, God, I'm just, uh, just eye-opening and reassuring and that is three questions and you check in.
0: How <laughs> the week.
1: Eye opening, reassuring and
0: how would you how do you feel in yourself now? Oh, so content, so happy, so
1: comfortable, I think is the best, comfortable in myself, comfortable with my surroundings and comfortable in society, I guess.
0: And what would you say, how would you say your relationship with nutrition is now? Oh, I'm not
1: going to say 100% but there because there's always going to be something there. Absolutely,
0: so, like that is true. I'm glad you said that because it's never going to be perfect. Yeah. It doesn't look like ABC.
1: No, you're always gonna have a tempt you it's like an alcoholic. If you go into a pub, well, there's always gonna be that around there. And when you hear about other people dieting, you're always you're always gonna think, Oh, well, maybe I should, but then you have to bring yourself back. But no, God, so much more I just feel like I'm living life to the fullest, but still incorporating goals within it. I can still go out and have go out on holiday and still manage to lose weight if I wanted to, which I thought was just ridiculous before. I didn't think you could ever do that. And just uh, yeah, you haven't got to. I don't know. It's just,
0: yeah, it less restrictive, very much more freeing. And your exercise, when we first started working together, you had this huge belief, huge.
1: Mm-hmm. What was it? That I couldn't, I couldn't squat with a barbell on my back.
0: What do you do now? 55 kg. With a barbell on your back? <laughs> yeah so would you say that perhaps the journey we've been going through has built your confidence like um it, you mentioned at the beginning that you felt confident in your body but potentially not confident in your mind but do you think now mm-hmm. there's confidence within yourself like as katie as a whole yeah i, I
1: bought myself at the
0: gym in the morning oh <laughs> fine like i own it but no it's like before i
1: wouldn't wouldn't walk into a restaurant there because everyone would be looking at me but now i'd be like can i just do it because I'm, I trust myself a lot more than what I did before. I think it's probably the, the best way to put it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what would you say, like, you mentioned that on your previous methods, you were just sort of told what to do. How would you say, like, your knowledge is now of nutrition?
1: If you say to me, Kate, go away for a month, don't interact with me, and we'll check in again in a month and see where you're at. I think I was, I'm in a lot better place to live a more controlled life in that month than what you would have said to me seven months ago. Yeah. And it, it wouldn't scare me at all because there's a lot of things. The best thing that you've ever taught me is pausing and thinking. That oh, perhaps. Like, it, it, honestly, it, it's been, before you, started, before you said it, I was like, what is this woman about? Pausing and thinking, like, I'm pausing I'm thinking I still want the food so I'm gonna have the food but then you have to sit with that uncomfortableness where you sat watching telly and all, you, all you can think about is food all you think about is food but then once you do it a couple of times you think about it then you don't think about it and
0: and it's think yeah it's asking yourself in that moment isn't it like you sat watching the telly and you're thinking about food it's like is your body asking you for food right now or is it asking you for something else are you bored mm-hmm. are you feeling something yes. and it's being mindful around your emotions and those feelings yes. and sitting with the uncomfortable feelings sometimes your body might want food if you have restricted your calories all day like today is your body asking you for food mm-hmm. but for the majority it's like an instant reaction to how you're feeling in that moment that is not necessarily mm-hmm. fact it's usually fiction mm-hmm. And it's usually a thought based on something around you. And the more clarity you have, then you navigate that situation.
1: Mm-hmm. But also
0: it gives you more awareness as to whether or not, as to your action. So like you, I know that you love Maltesers and Minstrels. And mm-hmm. when we're navigating before this current phase that we're in now that we'll talk about in a second, we're having Maltese and Minstrels on the daily. That's cool. Mm-hmm.
1: You enjoyed yeah. it. But
0: mm-hmm. you were making a conscious decision and you were aware of that. So it wasn't emotionally mm-hmm. driven. It wasn't that the Maltesers mm-hmm. were talking to you. It was like, actually, yeah, yeah. You know I'm incorporating these within my day and I love them. Yeah, definitely. And like, even when I look back at the eating habits that I had before,
1: I knew that when we are at the beginning, I know everyone's different, and things cater differently for people. But before I was having my breakfast, a snack, having my lunch, getting home, having a protein bar, having my tea, then having a snack, and then later on probably having another snack as well. But now I have my breakfast, have my lunch, have my pro- have a protein bar want I get in because yeah, I'm starving after work, yeah. have my tea, and then have like a protein mousse or something so my snacking and the actual content of the snacks have reduced massively because I've made a conscious effort of actually, one, listening to my body and two, realising that I needed to put a lot more in my meals so the, the satiety would kind of level out Yeah,
0: absolutely. Longer. And it's one of those like it's that's a I'm sure so many people will resonate with that because there is a lot of fear mongering around eating more than 200 calories in a meal because we've been taught that like one wheat mix and a banana is is all you need yeah and, and then yeah. there's people having literally like sub 200 calories for breakfast and then wondering why an hour later they're hungry so then they're going to have another mm-hmm. snack and they're constantly in this fed state and it was yeah. one of the biggest hurdles for you wasn't it when we, when I was like. Mm-hmm you can have a little bit more, Katie, and I'll never forget. Like, I keep, keep, keep things keep coming up. <laughs> and actually, I did a little bit of reflection for this myself as well today, that you were like, this is a proper bagel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I think that was, that
1: was before I was going out as well, wasn't it? Before I was yeah. going out to the a sprint. You bear. ate before
0: yeah. you went out and you had Big a bagel. bagel. Yeah. Yeah,
1: with proper butter. Oh, yeah. And then I had yoghurt and berries as well. And I've eaten again the next, what? Four or so hours but I needed to have breakfast because I was going to go out without breakfast but yeah big it's one thing I can tell anyone bigger bagels are so much better than bagels so oh. much better but than bagels are pathetic sorry they're pathetic
0: and if you toast them they go like yeah. cardboard oh god
1: they're terrible you put butter on it it's just, the butter just sits on it. yeah no no no, no.
0: No, honestly, <laughs> like, but I, I ate bagel things for years because I always looked for the lowest mm-hmm. calorie option, and I'm sure you resonate yeah. with that because that's mm-hmm. what we're taught in society to go for the lowest calorie mm-hmm. option to be the smallest. But actually, yeah. it drives you so far away from enjoying your food. So then you're like, why am I so preoccupied? Why am I so food focused? Yeah, yeah. There's
1: actual bread in a bagel, not just crust.
0: No, it's nice as well. So. <laughs> we're just going into the next phase of something now so what's this mm-hmm. next phase that we are currently 19 days into <laughs> my
1: very controlled fat last
0: phase. <laughs> yes yeah. and you're checking this well we caught up last week you were checking this week mm-hmm. you've already mm-hmm. said it here but you just said you felt so content in yourself mm-hmm. you don't feel restricted No, you're enjoying it you're still bringing PBs home in the gym. We're leaving no. your ego at the door. <laughs> so, how do you feel going into this fat loss phase now compared to other ones?
1: More liberated, I guess I could oh. do this. I just, I don't like, like I so said, I don't feel restricted at all. And if someone wants to say to me, Do you want to go for a meal tonight or do you want to go for a meal tomorrow? I wouldn't think oh my god I can't because I'm in a fat loss phase because in reality a meal out of what is it three six nine <laughs> a, a meal out of a week is nothing. 21 <laughs> 21 <laughs> a meal out of a week is nothing and you can still successfully lose fat and still live your life
0: oh well what a take-home message that is <laughs> isn't it like I'm, I'll never forget what like I say that to all of my clients, like you eat 21 meals a week. Like if you're going out for one meal, if you're going out for two meals, Like, that's like no 19 meals mm-hmm. over the course of the week. And yeah. too often what we can do is fall into the rabbit hole of A, isolation, or B, I'm just going to go and get my own fuckit bucket. And then what happens is like yeah. you said earlier, when you don't eat the cake, you actually binge before. So then there's, the amount of calories you eat is actually probably three times as much. And then your bad days override your good days and actually yep. drives you so far away from your values and drives you so mm-hmm. far away from like the consistency that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just about the kind of whole fat
1: loss phase and still living your life, like I need to unfollow her on Instagram actually because I don't really, don't really get on with that. <laughs> um, but she, I saw on Instagram, she said the other day that she was going into a fat loss phase because she hasn't got much planned in the next kind of couple of months. And I just thought that... I think sometimes you kind of need to challenge yourself and put yourself in a in a fat loss phase in a busy period, and actually you'll realise you can still successfully do it. You haven't got to neglect yourself out of life in order to do fat loss phase. It's you know,
0: yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? Like, if you're dieting and your your why behind your dieting, like yours is now, is coming from a place of mm-hmm. acceptance, coming from a place yeah. of compassion and kindness. Mm-hmm you have far greater results because actually a fat loss phase is now going to add value to your life. It's yeah. going to make you feel better. So why would you exclude yourself from things and isolate yourself, uh, isolate yourself from things in, instead of actually what you just said, then navigating social events, navigating stresses at work, navigating life
1: mm-hmm. actually
0: builds greater confidence in you. It builds More trust, and it actually helps with like more tools on your tool belt because I think too often we fall at the expense of assuming perfection with fat loss. But actually, imperfection will save you every time, and there's no such thing as like a a failed approach. The only time you really fail is when you blow it all off, and you blow it all Mm -hmm. off if you you seek perfection. And actually, what you notice Mm -hmm. then is. Every situation has a, uh, the, presents the opportunity for you to learn. And when you learn, mm-hmm. you grow. So when you grow, you adapt. So should you like maybe have a day when you overeat in a fat loss phase, that doesn't make you a failure. That means that something happened, but it allows you to learn, you lean into that. So then should mm-hmm. that situation arise again, you're like, oh, this happened last time. Oh, that's what happened. Oh, how can I navigate out of this this time? Mm-hmm. the person you're following is completely isolating herself so exactly that's not adding anything (laughs) no No,
1: it's it's, it's a long distance run it's not a sprint because if you want to live it in a life where you're not restricted you've got to sprint and yeah it might get you the results that you want faster but are you just going to plummet then again when you've got your fat loss and then you know in an ideal world for me a fat loss phase is I complete a fat loss, and then I can maintain that new weight and that new physique or whatever. But being yeah. in, I know from experience, I'm sure we all know, going in a fat loss phase and sprinting, you get there, yeah, you look amazing for a um, couple of months, and then it's like, here we go again. It's just a
0: constant cycle all the time. Yeah, and and just before we started, just before I started recording then we had a bit of a catch-up, and I was like, how are you? And you're like... Yeah, I'm fine. I was like, how's your reading? Yeah, I'm fine. Because shockingly, fat loss is pretty boring, but actually yeah. it can consume your whole day, consume your whole life. Mm-hmm. When it is so restricted because you're constantly thinking about next meal, constantly thinking mm-hmm. about like how much exercise and how many steps you should do. Hi, Edith. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and it's one of those actually fat loss is not going to take over your life. So when I was like, Oh, so you're feeling all right then? Yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> Doing really well at the gym, eating really well.
1: It's like, <laughs> <"Hey."> <laughs> yeah, it's like Apple Watches. Don't get me wrong, I wear an Apple Watch and I do it because I like, I like to just kind of not out of a, a guilt way that I'm not moving my body. But before, if someone said to me, You can't wear your Apple Watch to the gym tomorrow, I would have been like, Absolutely not. I need my Apple Watch tomorrow because I need to just keep an eye on it. But the other day, my Apple Watch was updated and it wasn't going to start. I didn't think in the morning, but I sat with the thought. Yeah, at the, at the beginning, it felt uncomfortable that I wasn't going to wear my watch, but then actually realized. But I've worn my watch before in workouts. It's the same workout. Why are you getting so stressed about it? Whether you know it or you don't know it, it's not a biggie.
0: No, and you're not going in there for validation from your Apple Watch either, are you? You're going in no. there because you actually love uh, the gym, you love training, mm-hmm. you love moving your body. And that's the most important thing, like knowing your why and then using these mm-hmm. tools. When you want them, but not relying solely on them. I'm no. so sorry about my dogs. Stupid animal. So yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? Like you have your Apple Watch, but shockingly, it also tells the time. Yeah, exactly. I don't hit ten thousand steps. I probably hit ten
1: thousand steps once a week, and that's subconsciously. I don't sit there and think, oh. I've only done five thousand steps. The best at walking because actually, I freaking love weight training compared to cardio. I' I'm not a cardio person anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I realise I'm just not. I'm not not because you don't have to do cardio to lose weight. You don't have to do cardio to 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 get good at the gym. You don't. You know, you, there's a lot more to exercise than running five k and getting ten thousand steps. And a lot more
0: yeah and it's one of those isn't it like it was another limiting belief for you that you needed to go and do so much to be successful mm-hmm. and actually we instilled rest for you as well we were like no you don't mm-hmm. need to go to gym all those times you don't need to do yeah. that much Katie you can actually have a rest and you can do things mm-hmm. outside of that and find joy in things outside of nutrition and exercise yeah I I go to the gym
1: before work I wake up at well five between five and a half past never ever did I think I'd be that person but I am that gym
0: girl now that pre-workout and <laughs> takes creatine every day and it's and it's that though isn't it like you're doing it for you and you know your yeah. wife understand it mm-hmm. and I think I know that because
1: otherwise if I wasn't doing it for me getting up in the morning to go to the gym I wouldn't have continued it for this long
0: yeah but you're doing it for you and, and I right. think you've got you've got so much clarity on And so much focus as well there's so much passion and now there's so much like internal recognition of your own worth like you know Mm -hmm. that you're enough and Mm -hmm. you can now you you now look back with pride on everything that you've done Mm -hmm. and you're now like every week there's one of my one of my checking questions it's like who are you grateful for this week Uh, bonus tell them Mm -hmm. you every week it's like me I'm grateful for me, I'm grateful for my body, and I'm just like, I'm here for this. This is amazing. And it, I mean, it's not always like that. Nice. She hasn't got any ego that big. It is that, isn't it? Like, I'm so proud of everything I've done. I'm so grateful for me. I'm so grateful for my body. And it's like, actually, that's amazing. You have to. You are your
1: main priority. You have to think about yourself before you think, think about anything or anyone else, because otherwise. You're probably not going to give 100% to that other thing or that other person unless you've sorted yourself out first, if that
0: makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've done amazing. And I think the honesty that you gave me to begin with was incredible. And the trust that you instilled, like you said, in the process has meant that now you feel free from food for the majority Mm -hmm. of the time. And you've laid the foundations hugely for what is only going to be the most successful fat loss phase that you feel confident in yourself both mentally and physically
1: yeah
0: so if to just wrap this up now if there was someone (laughs) listening to this podcast who was on the fence about starting a journey Mm and starting coaching what would you say just jump
1: just do it and just take the plunge because I didn't think I'd be where I would be at the very beginning. I thought it would be a very long, very boring process and I wouldn't get to, like I say, I I knew what I wanted to hear but it actually wasn't what I needed to hear and now I realise what I needed to hear is what I want to hear because not only from other people but I want to hear the things that I've taught my brain to do. It's all, you just have to trust, trust the process, just trust it, just
0: do it. And I think if one of the things like you you really value honesty, don't you? And I think too often we mm-hmm. can we cannot be honest with ourselves mm-hmm. and we don't always take our own advice. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um so now we're going into a fat loss phase. So we have no date really for Katie's a fat loss phase. We're just taking it week by week. We're just seeing how she's getting on. But if you're happy with this, Katie, I would love to get you on for a part two after your fat loss phase to just go yeah. through how you navigated it. <laughs> So, we could just show like the complete difference between your keto, your 1400, (laughs) how you feel at the end of your fat loss phase. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel for that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. (laughs) It's an absolute pleasure. (laughs) Thanks. All right. I'll catch you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.